chapter twenty two of peveril of the peak by sir walter scott this librivox recording is in the public domain read by dion gines salt lake city utah he was a fellow in a peasant's garb yet one could censor you a woodcock's carving like any courtier at the ordinary the ordinary the person who appeared at the door of the little inn to receive ganlis as we mentioned in our last chapter sung as he came forward this scrap of an old ballad good even to you dicon and how have you sped bring you the bonny bride to banquet and bed to which ganlis answered in the same tone and tune content thee kind robin he need little care who brings home a fat buck instead of a hare you have missed your blow then said the other in reply i tell you i have not answered ganlis but you will think of naught but your own thriving occupation may the plague that belongs to it stick to it though it hath been the making of thee a man must live dicon ganlis said the other well well said ganlis bid my friend welcome for my sake hast thou got any supper reeking like a sacrifice chaubert has done his best that fellow is a treasure give him a farthing candle and he will cook a good supper out of it come in sir my friend's friend is welcome as we say in my country we must have our horses looked to first said peveril who began to be considerably uncertain about the character of his companions that done i am for you ganlis gave a second whistle a groom appeared who took charge of both their horses and they themselves entered the inn the ordinary room of a poor inn seemed to have undergone some alterations to render it fit for company of a higher description there were a buffet a couch and one or two other pieces of furniture of a style inconsistent with the appearance of the place the tablecloth which was already laid was of the finest damask and the spoons forks etc were of silver peveril looked at this apparatus with some surprise and again turning his eyes attentively upon his travelling companion ganlis he could not help discovering by the aid of imagination perhaps that though insignificant in person plain in features and dressed like one in indigence there lurked still about his person and manners that indefinable ease of manner which belongs only to men of birth and quality or to those who are in the constant habit of frequenting the best company his companion whom he called will smith although tall and rather good-looking besides being much better dressed had not nevertheless exactly the same ease of demeanour and was obliged to make up for the want by an additional proportion of assurance who these two persons could be peveril could not attempt even to form a guess there was nothing for it but to watch their manner 
and conversation after speaking a moment in whispers smith said to his companion we must go look after our nags for ten minutes and allow chabert to do his office will not he appear and minister before us then said ganlis what he he shift a trencher he hand a cup no you forget whom you speak of such an order were enough to make him fall on his own sword he is already on the borders of despair because no crawfish are to be had alack a day replied ganlis heaven forbid i should add to such a calamity to stable then and see we how our steeds eat their provender while ours is getting ready they adjourned to the stable accordingly which though a poor one had been hastily supplied with whatever was necessary for the accommodation of four excellent horses one of which that from which ganlis was just dismounted the groom we have mentioned was cleaning and dressing by the light of a huge wax candle i am still so far a catholic said ganlis laughing as he saw that peveril noticed this piece of extravagance my horse is my saint and i dedicate a candle to him without asking so great a favour for mine which i see standing behind yonder old hencoop replied peveril i will at least relieve him of his saddle and bridle leave him to the lad of the inn said smith he is not worthy of any other person's handling and i promise you if you slip a single buckle you will so favour of that stable duty that you might as well eat roast beef as ragouts for any relish you will have of them i love roast beef as well as ragouts at any time said peveril adjusting himself to a task which every young man should know how to perform when need is and my horse though it be but a sorry jade will champ better on hay and corn than on an iron bit while he was unsaddling his horse and shaking down some litter for the poor wearied animal he heard smith observe to ganlis by my faith dick thou hast fallen into poor slender's blunder mist and page and brought us a great lubberly postmaster's boy hush he will hear thee answered ganlis there are reasons for all things it is well as it is but prithee tell thy fellow to help the youngster what replied smith do you think i am mad ask tom beacon tom of newmarket tom of ten thousand to touch such a four-legged brute as that why he would turn me away on the spot discard me in faith it was all he would do to take in hand your own my good friend and if you consider him not the better you are like to stand groom to him yourself to-morrow well will answered ganlis i will say that for thee thou hast a set of the most useless scoundrelly insolent vermin about thee that ever ate up a poor gentleman's revenues useless i deny it replied smith every one of my fellows does something or other so exquisitely 
that it were sin to make him do anything else it is your jacks of all trades who are masters of none but hark to Schaubert's signal the coxcomb is twangling it on the lute to the tune of avelles vous belle and dorme come master what do you call addressing peveril get ye some water and wash this filthy witness from your hand as betterton says in the play for chaubert's cooking is like friar bacon's head time is time was time will soon be no more so saying and scarce allowing julian time to dip his hands in a bucket and dry them on a horse-cloth he hurried him from the stable back to the supper-chamber here all was prepared for their meal with an epicurean delicacy which rather belonged to the saloon of a palace than the cabin in which it was displayed four dishes of silver with covers of the same metal smoked on the table and three seats were placed for the company beside the lower end of the board was a small side-table to answer the purpose of what is now called a dumb-waiter on which several flasks reared their tall stately and swan-like crests above glasses and rummers clean covers were also placed within reach and a small travelling-case of morocco hooped with silver displayed a number of bottles containing the most approved sauces that culinary ingenuity had then invented smith who occupied the lower seat and seemed to act as president of the feast motioned the two travellers to take their places and begin i would not stay a grace time he said to save a whole nation from perdition we could bring no chavettes with any convenience and even chaubert is nothing unless his dishes are tasted in the very moment of projection come uncover and let us see what he has done for us hum ha ay squab pigeons wild fowl young chickens venison cutlets and a space in the centre wet alas by a gentle tear from chaubert's eye where should have been the soup a crevices the zeal of that poor fellow is ill repaid by his paltry ten louis per month a mere trifle said ganlis but like yourself will he serves a generous master the repast now commenced and julian though he had seen his young friend the earl of derby and other gallants affect a considerable degree of interest and skill in the science of the kitchen and was not himself either an enemy or a stranger to the pleasures of a good table found that on the present occasion he was a mere novice both his companions but smith in especial seemed to consider that they were now engaged in the only true business of life and weighed in all its minutiae with a proportional degree of accuracy to carve the morsel in the most delicate manner and to apportion the proper seasoning with the accuracy of the chemist to be aware exactly of the order in which one dish should succeed another and to do plentiful justice to all was a minuteness of science 
to which julian had hitherto been a stranger smith accordingly treated him as a mere novice in epicurism cautioning him to eat his soup before the buili and to forget the manx custom of bolting the boiled meat before the broth as if cutler mccullough and all his wingers were at the door peveril took the hint in good part and the entertainment proceeded with animation at length ganlis paused and declared the supper exquisite but my friend smith he added are your wines curious when you brought all that trash of plates and trumpery into derbyshire i hope you did not leave us at the mercy of the strong ale of the shire as thick and muddy as the squires who drink it do i not know that you were to meet me dick ganless answered their host and can you suspect me of such an omission it is true you must make champagne and claret serve for my burgundy would not bear travelling but if you have a fancy for sherry or vin de cahors i have a notion chabert and tom beacon have brought some for their own drinking perhaps the gentleman would not care to impart said ganless oh fie anything in the way of civility replied smith they are in truth the best-natured lads alive when treated respectfully so that if you would prefer by no means said ganless a glass of champagne will serve in a scarcity of better the cork shall start obsequious to my thumb said smith and as he spoke he untwisted the wire and the cork struck the roof of the cabin each guest took a large rummer glass of the sparkling beverage which peveril had judgment and experience enough to pronounce exquisite give me your hand sir said smith it is the first word of sense you have spoken this evening wisdom sir replied peveril is like the best wear in the peddler's pack which he never produces till he knows his customer sharp as mustard returned the bon vivant but be wise most noble peddler and take another rummer of this same flask which you see i have held in an oblique position for your service not permitting it to retrograde to the perpendicular nay take it off before the bubble bursts on the rim and the zest is gone you do me honour sir said peveril taking the second glass i wish you a better office than that of my cup-bearer you cannot wish will smith one more congenial to his nature said ganless others have a selfish delight in the objects of sense will thrives and is happy by imparting them to his friends better help men to pleasures than to pains master ganless answered smith somewhat angrily nay wrath thee not will said ganless and speak no words in haste lest you may have cause to repent at leisure do i blame thy social concern for the pleasures of others why man thou dost therein most philosophically multiply thine own a man has but one throat and can but eat with his best efforts some five or six times a day 
but thou dinest with every friend that cuts a capon and art quaffing wine in other men's gullets from morning to night at sic de ceteris friend ganless returned smith i prithee beware thou knowest i can cut gullets as well as tickle them i will answered ganless carelessly i think i have seen thee wave thy whinyard at the throat of a hogan mogan a netherlandish weasand which expanded only on thy natural and mortal objects of aversion dutch cheese rye bread pickled herring onion and geneva for pity's sake forbear the description said smith thy words overpower the perfumes and flavour the apartment like a dish of salmagundi but for an epiglottis like mine continued ganlas down which the most delicate morsels are washed by such claret as thou art now pouring out thou couldst not in thy bitterest mood wish a worse fate than to be necklaced somewhat tight by a pair of white arms by a tenpenny cord answered smith but not till you were dead that thereafter you be presently embowelled you being yet alive that your head be then severed from your body and your body divided into quarters to be disposed of at his majesty's pleasure how like you that master richard ganless even as you like the thoughts of dining on bran bread and milk porridge an extremity which you trust never to be reduced to but all this shall not prevent me from pledging you in a cup of sound claret as the claret circulated the glee of the company increased and smith placing the dishes which had been made use of upon the side-table stamped with his foot on the floor and the table sinking down a trap again rose loaded with olives sliced neat's tongue caviar and other provocatives for the circulation of the bottle why will said ganless thou art a more complete mechanist than i suspected thou hast brought thy scene-shifting inventions to derbyshire in marvellously short time a rope and pulleys can be easily come by answered will and with a saw and a plane i can manage that business in half a day i love the knack of clean and secret conveyance thou knowest it was the foundation of my fortunes it may be the wreck of them too will replied his friend true dickon answered will but dumb vivimus vivamus that is my motto and therewith i present you a brimmer to the health of the fair lady you wot of let it come will replied his friend and the flask circulated briskly from hand to hand julian did not think it prudent to seem a check on their festivity as he hoped in its progress something might occur to enable him to judge of the character and purposes of his companions but he watched them in vain their conversation was animated and lively and often bore reference to the literature of the period in which the elder seemed particularly well skilled they also talked freely of the court and of that numerous class of gallants 
who were then described as men of wit and pleasure about town and to which it seemed probable they themselves appertained at length the universal topic of the popish plot was started upon which ganlis and smith seemed to entertain the most opposite opinions ganlis if he did not maintain the authority of oates in its utmost extent contended that at least it was confirmed in a great measure by the murder of sir edmondsbury godfrey and the letters written by coleman to the confessor of the french king with much more noise and less power of reasoning will smith hesitated not to ridicule and run down the whole discovery as one of the wildest and most causeless alarms which had ever been sounded in the ears of a credulous public i shall never forget he said sir godfrey's most original funeral two bouncing parsons well armed with sword and pistol mounted the pulpit to secure the third fellow who preached from being murdered in the face of the congregation three parsons in one pulpit three sons in one hemisphere no wonder men stood aghast at such a prodigy what then will answered his companion you are one of those who think the good knight murdered himself in order to give credit to the plot by my faith not i said the other but some true blue protestant might do the job for him in order to give the thing a better colour i will be judged by our silent friend whether that be not the most feasible solution of the whole i pray you pardon me gentlemen said julian i am but just landed in england and am a stranger to the particular circumstances which have thrown the nation into such a ferment it would be the highest degree of assurance in me to give my opinion betwixt gentlemen who argue the matter so ably besides to say truth i confess weariness your wine is more potent than i expected or i have drunk more of it than i meant to do nay if an hour's nap will refresh you said the elder of the strangers make no ceremony with us your bed all we can offer as such is that old-fashioned dutch-built sofa as the last new phrase calls it we shall be early stirrers to-morrow morning and that we may be so said smith i propose that we do sit up all this night i hate lying rough and detest a pallet bed so have at another flask and the newest lampoon to help it out now a plague of their votes upon papists and plots and be damned dr oates tell de roll nay but our puritanic host said ganlis i have him in my pocket man his eyes ears nose and tongue answered his boon companion are all in my possession in that case when you give him back his eyes and nose i pray you keep his ears and tongue answered ganlis seeing and smelling are organs sufficient for such a knave to hear and tell are things he should have no manner of pretensions to i grant you it were well done answered smith 
but it were a robbing of the hangman and the pillory and i am an honest fellow who would give done and the devil his due so all joy to great caesar long life love and pleasure may the king live for ever tis no matter for us boys while this bacchanalian scene proceeded julian had wrapped himself closely in his cloak and stretched himself on the couch which they had shown him he looked towards the table he had left the tapers seemed to become hazy and dim as he gazed he heard the sound of voices but they ceased to convey any impression to his understanding and in a few minutes he was faster asleep than he had ever been in the whole course of his life End of chapter twenty two